up, bitches? <laughs> That's how we start the podcast now. Uh, okay. And by the way, this is Side Talks Podcast, sponsored by Revelator Coffee. We it thank sure them is. so much for their sponsorship. I'm yeah, Rachel Morgan. Yeah. I'm Corey Kraft. We're getting really professional now. We came, we came out of the gate a little messy, uh, but we're, now we're getting really professional. Our standards, but That's, still probably I'm not, not singing. By I'm not saying the F word. Yet. Yet. These things come later. Nobody I'm is, not complaining yet. I'm just uh, is that is that coming? It, what are you gonna complain about? Well, just usually me, it's something like Tarantino or your or, bullshit. Yeah, my anyway, bullshit. here we go. I'm okay. getting off the rails. I'm trying to keep it professional. Let's talk about movies. Okay. Seriously, let's talk about movies. All right, let's do it. All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. Big bucks. Big bucks. Here we go. Stop. What's the, we have a lightning sound for this. It's been so long since we've done this. It has been a little while. That's what you usually do. This is a lightning round. The, the storm is uh, gathering in the horizon, and, and we've got a filmmaker lightning round. That's filmmaker right. Filmmaker lightning round, where we're going to bounce uh, films by a particular filmmaker off each other, and you've got a series of questions that you ask related to these. I and, do. Uh, yeah, it's but it's been a minute. So we picked uh, one of my least favorite directors today, although oh I, I think we could say that he is an auteur. He certainly is an auteur, whether you uh, like... I don't know any of his movies or not. Do you like this gentleman? I like everybody else kind of went through a period when yeah, I was younger I where I was like, this guy is saying something, you know? And then I like, did too. he has not really been able to back up his, his talk with actual watchable movies since I don't know, the mid nineties. I actually, when I looked, I had Sam pull up his IMDb page and I don't think I've seen anything. I think I gave up on this guy. I did go see him speak when I was in film school. We drove to Tallahassee, Florida, which wasn't far, wasn't terribly far from Savannah, Georgia. And a friend of mine lived there and we were sort of like doubling up. He was speaking at Florida state with a trip to visit her parents. Uh He spoke in like a gymnasium there and it was strange. And um, he did get a question from somebody in the audience from a film student who said, can I hand you my script? (laughs) <laughs> Which is one of my most favorite things ever. But this gentleman we're talking about is Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, a two-time Academy Award winner for Best Director. Undeserved. Uh, well, I mean, I think the movies that he won for are good. But, I don't um, know. You know what? I feel a five-minute fight coming on. So why don't you start us out with your with your first question here? Okay, on the a movie by room. Oliver Stone, and maybe there is no answer to this question, but a movie by Oliver Stone that you love. Boy, I mean, that is really tough. If I had to pick one, uh-huh. probably my favorite of the list, and I'm saying this knowing that I haven't seen it in a long time, and that I probably, if I went back and watched it, it probably would, would piss me off. Okay. It is a strange choice, but Born on the Fourth of July would be my my top Oliver Stone film. No, I don't think that's a strange choice at all. I think that's, I mean, that's one Thomas of the movies he won fucking Best Director for. Cruise. Yeah. And um, Tom Cruise is great in this. Am I wrong? Tom Cruise is great remember. in it. Yeah, yes, it's great. one of his better performances. So that that is not, I think, that's one of the that's one of like the two or three that like nobody will look at you weird for saying right. is your favorite. Okay, Oliver well, Stone I guess movie. I'm in the right then. Um, my uh, Oliver Stone movie I love is one of the other two or three. I think people would not look at you too weird for saying uh, is great. Um, it's a movie I also have not seen in a long time. Kind of made a big splash upon its release in 1991. Talking, of course, about the kaleidoscopic weird JFK. Yeah. His, I don't know, nine-hour conspiracy theory opus with every single actor in Hollywood. That's also just full of shit. I mean, it's full of shit, but it's full of shit in the most spectacularly interesting way. If you watch it as 
pure fiction and don't right. you know nothing don't approximating history at all. Sure, um, it's it it kind of rules. Um, That's but, where I have a problem with him though. Is, yeah. is he feels like he's doing you know God's work so to speak, and it's that's not what's happening. You're not Michael Moore, and you know you're so when you the manipulation of facts is even more fictional than anyway. I'll yeah. just it, it. He's not doing a service to. He, he, this is not community service work, and no, he kind of comes at it like it is. It's it's just uh, you know it's just really entertaining speculative you know historical fiction but it right. em- emphasis on fiction but he doesn't put the emphasis on that i think that's what my issue is he-, he doesn't but if you you know tell him to shut the fuck up and like you know cut him out of your okay. you know encountering of the the film you if know, we can just death yeah, of the author okay. and so forth just like, film on its own yeah, sure yeah. It's, it's, that's, it's, that's why i like jfk you know he right. can talk all he wants to about the mafia and and you know, the fucking CIA getting involved with the Kennedy assassination. Do I believe a word of that? Uh, no, 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 I do not. Uh, but I think that that film is nevertheless like pure technique. Just like it's one of the most remarkably edited movies I've ever seen. It's one of it's got some really cool like cinema cinematography tricks with like changing camera stocks and film stocks and stuff. Um, I think I just think it's a cool sort of breathlessly entertaining movie that's also full of shit. And from what I noticed on his IMDb page, he's back on his bullshit again. He made a documentary that premiered at Cannes that's like JFK revisited where he's like, no, see, I was right. And here's why. Will I he's ever see that? This. I'm he's never going to see this. that movie. No. I mean, do you do you think that this – let me just ask you seriously. This is, not a, uh-huh. this, is not a, this is not this kind of podcast. I'll put it this way. But do you think the JFK assassination was a conspiracy? I don't believe in conspiracy theories in general. Okay, because uh, I so think because no. I'll say this, I think it probably was. I think there's probably some con, con, um, conspiracy at least adjacent to this. I don't think this was. I don't buy what they sold us. Okay, but I don't think anything about Oliver Stone's projection of what happened is correct. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. So, no, I, anyway. I just I I I think that most conspiracy theories. You you put three people in a room um, and tell them to keep a secret, and that secret's getting spilled like immediately. You know what I mean? People fucking talk, so I don't. Yeah, I don't believe. Except that... there's this thing called the CIA. Sure. That's... Yeah. Well. Anyway, okay. I see, I hear what you're saying, but I, I disagree. We hey, hot take. We disagree. We disagree. <laughs> a five minute fight about the JFK assassination. Does that sound like fun? Uh, or we could just five minute fight about the Zapruder film to bring it back to like film related. <laughs> oh, I topics. love it. I love it. Anyway, I, okay, not to not to derail this too much. So you're you're going JFK. I'm going eh. Yeah. You go ahead. Uh, okay. Next so question. a, a uh, stone movie that well, I don't know if you have an answer to this. A stone movie that you like more than most people like. No, I really don't. I really don't. I think that I probably hate his films way more than. Um, you know the yeah. average person does so no i i mean and and you corrected me just by saying like no a lot of people do actually like born on the fourth of july yeah. so so yeah i really I, I can't answer this i think you know he's not he's not anywhere on my list of uh of directors that i like well my answer to this question is nixon uh which i just watched for the first time a couple weeks ago actually um you like this i really did i really liked it um you know, Hopkins is not really doing a Nixon impression. Um, that's Sir Anthony Hopkins playing uh, the disgraced former president. Um, and But it's, you know, we watched the director's cut, my wife and I, right. and it is fully four hours long. Uh. Um, but but I, you know, I have a fascination with, with that 
part of American history with Watergate and all the stuff that the movie examines. Um, and I think it's a really, really good movie with a really strong um central performance there. Hopkins doesn't imitate Nixon so much as he just kind of embodies the soul soullessness of, of Nixon. And, and I was, I was really into it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Disagree. But anyway, <laughs> whatever. What's the next question? A movie by Oliver Stone that you dislike <laughs> more than most people seem to, which would seem to be most of them. Most of them, but I'm going to go on the record for a very divisive film and one which people feel very strongly about and like a lot. And I'm going to crush those dreams, even though I've got a lot, a big army on my side, too. And uh-huh. that is to say Natural Born Killers to me, while I did like this film when it came out and I, f- I thought it was so interesting and so innovative when it came out, it is impossible to watch. It is a really gross film. Um, and there's so much about it that I don't like. And it is one of the few examples in my life of a film that I, I liked a lot that I have now just an incredible aversion to. I think it's just pure shit. You ready to have your mind blown? I agree with everything you just said. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, but, but I finally I I saw Natural Born Killers like on VHS when I was in high school, and I was like, this movie fucking stinks. Yeah. This so you is knew right full away. of shit. What a, what horse shit. I, and it's just talk about a misapplication of of every possible cinematic style. I mean, he just throws everything at the wall and that fucking thing and just to see what sticks and nothing sticks. Nothing sticks. And I think that was part of it. See, understand when I saw, I saw it contemporary to its release. Sure. And so it when did it's just feel doing the most yeah. all the time. I mean, it's a movie of exclamation right. points and it did feel different and it probably was. I, I mean, I think, I think actually around that same time there were, uh, there it was, it, it certainly was the most accessible of the films that were doing all of that sure. at that time. And so it did feel very different and very innovative, um, but it is not. It is not. No, it's it's, it's a very bad movie. Catching it outside of its of its release era, I think you know it's much easier to to come to the to the right conclusion. Even though I believe Sam said he likes this film, so uh, but to come to the right conclusion, this is a this is is a blender of bullshit. No, yeah, I mean, talk about overshooting. It's, yeah. it's also just a gr- it's, it's a gross. nasty film. I have so many, even just aside from the fact that I don't like the film itself, I've got a lot of issues with this film. And it's, and it's, I get that it's, tr- it, it would, Oliver Stone would probably say, oh, it's a statement against misogyny, but oh, it's, it's, it's no, satirical. It's, it, it's so broad. No, yeah, I'm not sure, buying it. Sure. I'm not buying it. It's, sure, a gro- it's a gross movie. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no more, no need to waste any more time on that wasted piece of trash. Well, that was, that was my answer to the question too. I mean, people, genuinely seem to like natural born killers for reasons that have always escaped me. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and then uh, an Oliver Stone movie to close things out that you feel like you might need to rewatch. It doesn't sound like you're, you know, going to be first in line for any stone retrospectives. No, I'm not going to be. And I, I'll answer this by saying there were uh, about a year ago, year and a half ago, I thought I need to rewatch wall street. You don't though. And I did. There's a great, there, a part of what had caught my eye was there was some, some clip of it, in something or a frame grab from it on a Tumblr site somewhere, as I like to get on these Tumblr pages, of the of the scene where they're eating sushi, and uh-huh. it's such a time capsule kind of. This is what money in the eighties looks like, and I was like, man, this this whole thing is going to be so weird and crazy to watch, and I, I really want to see this for for the time capsule it is. Kind of like you know, you see these frame grabs of American Psycho that feel so strange and otherworldly, right? right. Uh, because they captured the the height of those of those stylish moments in the eighties, and this film d- did not. Fulfill 
fulfill any kind of enjoyment uh, of that or anything else for that matter. So I thought it'd be fun to go back and watch Wall Street. It was not. I cannot imagine going back and watching Natural Born Killers. It is a miserable film. Uh, I didn't like Platoon. I don't like The Doors. Platoon is good. Um, oh, well, I'll five-minute fight you on that. I uh, Well, I'm not in a hurry to rewatch that thing either. Well, I, and I mean, who is? Who's in a hurry to yeah. watch the four hours of JFK or whatever? So nothing. Oliver Stone, you get nothing from me. <laughs> um, I've never seen The Doors. I feel like I should Ooh, give that a good. watch at some point. I don't think it's going to be good, but I like Val. So, like, If you watch it and like it, we'll five-minute fight it. Okay, I'll I'll take you up on that. Because you I, might you know, actually like it. You we'll might see. actually we'll like see. it. It's a piece of shit um, that you might actually like. Okay, fair enough. Um, I've never seen his 1997 movie U-Turn either, which is a, a little thriller with Sean Penn and Jennifer Lopez that people will tell you is good. I think I've seen that. That's the other thing is there's a bunch of stuff on his IMDb page that I've seen, but yeah. I don't remember. So um, I, I would say U-Turn. I'll go back and watch U-Turn. All right. Yeah, I'd like to see that at some point. You'll notice, by the way, that we have not mentioned a single film he made after the year 1997. Because I gave up on him. Well, I gave it, up on him. But but listen, here here is his track record. 1999, the football movie Any Given Sunday, which, again, sometimes people will tell you is a good movie. It's not really. Um, in 2004, the calamitous historical uh, epic Alexander, which is one of the, the dullest movies I've ever seen in a cinema. Um, 2006, World Trade Center, which is awful. That sounds terrible. I mean, that's... Um, that's, that's, that's the Nicolas Cage 9-11 movie. That's the 9-11 movie that everybody was clamoring to make. Yeah, well, yeah, he made it, and it was bad. Um, the George W. Bush movie W in 2008. Haven't seen it. Uh, it's not great. It's okay. It's better than you think it is, but it's also kind of dull and boring. Uh, Josh Brolin there. Also, the movie uh, looks like it was made for like 15 bucks. It's, and it wasn't. Yeah. Um, then the Wall Street sequel, Money Never Sleeps. Oh, wow. Um, I had no star- idea. Co-starring Shia LaBeouf. Uh, oh, Shia. And then uh, Savages, which is kind of a pulpy thriller that some people like for some reason, not good. And his Edward Snowden movie. Oh, that's um, right. He did do With that. Joseph Gordon-Levitt as as uh, Edward Snowden well, doing a silly miscast. voice. I saw that in a theater, too. That movie doesn't work um, at all. But, you know, that's the last movie to date that he has made. Not too many bright spots in that list. Oh, Oliver Stone. Yeah. Oliver I, Stone, give it up. I don't think Time that anybody rest. would really argue that his <laughs> best days are behind time him to rest. and i say that as someone who seems to like him or at least have more time and use for him in general than you do like i i, I would be interested if he if he makes another like fiction film uh narrative film i'd be interested in seeing it i'll see you know if he makes a movie i'll see it He's hmm. still on that list of directors who who will get me to a theater no. if he makes something. No, um, I don't. I don't have any use for these like Hugo Chavez documentaries or like uh, this this JFK conspiracy theory documentary. That no one has out. time for this. I don't have time for that. But um, you know, if he makes like a, I don't know, what's what's a movie he could make? Like if he makes a fucking you turn know, part two uh or a or a storming the capital movie or whatever which sounds like some shit he would do that's true i'd is. probably go see that yeah well at the co- one of the colleges i teach for when you retire when you're thinking about retiring they say you know that that person went to the house yeah and oliver stone it's time to go to the house that's the filmmaker lightning round and now a look at what we're watching this week well, Corey, you know, this is that segment 
that one where we talk about what we're watching. Uh-huh. And so I'll tell you real quick what I've been watching. I mentioned that my girlfriend's acquired this VHS deck inspired by Kyle's Corner. Yeah. And we've been acquiring VHS across the country. What my favorite part about this process thus far is that when you get up to check out at a thrift store, the person checking you out at the thrift store, they're, they're the one, the film they pick up and go, well, this was good is always just bone, sh- <laughs> bone shattering. Bone sh- and so it's been my, one of my favorite parts of the process. Um, but one of the things we watched was Cruel Intentions. Hey, okay. Um, hmm. have we, I feel like we've talked about that on this podcast before, right? We might have. It is, a, it is certainly, you know, it, it hit it. Ooh, I'm sorry for hitting that microphone. It checks a lot of boxes for me uh, because it's, you know, teen kind of, you know, thriller-ish yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of fun. Dangerous liaisons, but it is in dangerous a liaisons prep in a, school. In a prep school teen setting. And, you know, it was fun to watch. There are so many, there are some really odd scenes. There's, of course, the long, drawn-out kiss in the park that uh-huh. was that they won a VMA Best Kiss Award for, or what have you. There's a lot of fun kind of stuff like that. And, you know, Sarah Michelle Gellar and, uh, you know, great, great cast, okay? But uh, it, I mean, it kind of pissed me off this time. It's been years since I've seen it. And I, I, I remember some of the highlights. It's not one of, it's not a go-to for me like some of the other, you know, sort of lighter teen comedies. Sure, some sure. of which you agree with, some of which you don't. But what, I don't think I'm going to spoil anything on a, you know, thirty some odd year or whatever <laughs> it is, uh, film. But at the end, he dies. Yes. And you know, in this sort of car crash kind of scene, and his his diary is then released, and they play that. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, the the uh, bittersweet symphony. Bittersweet symphony. Which and isn't that baby Reese Witherspoon who has like brought down the mean girl Sarah Michelle Gellar at long yeah, last? Just by by like passing by xeroxing his diary and sure. passing it out. His diary, which is filled with things like uh, pictures of Sarah Michelle Gellar and bitch, you know, with a, an arrow drawn to it, and you know, slut, and and so ultimately, everyone in this film is poorly behaved. Everyone, yeah. every character. Reese Witherspoon is the only one, her character is the only character that isn't poorly behaved. And even her character is, is somewhat poorly behaved. But, but she's, she's, she's the, the, the naive, like... She's the naive, you know, cookie cutter. Sure, the kind simple, of, simple girl right, who's I'm gonna just like... I'm going to wait until I get married, blah, yeah, blah, blah, exactly. blah, blah, blah. And it's very one-dimensional. So she is she is the halo over the head character. Right. and But even she has some bad behavior. But across the board, even Selma Blair's character, poorly behaved, mm-hmm. so the the... Um, there's even a, a character which there's some sort of racist comments made about him. Um, a, a black gentleman and there's some racist comments made and you kind of go, what assholes for the, but then that character ends up being a dick too. Right, right, right. So every character is poorly behaved, but somehow at the end we're supposed to applaud Ryan Felipe's character being, you know, sort of because he's died, you know, as if there's some sort of vindication of yeah, his redemption beha- yeah, from beyond the grave. It's weird, and I, and, I, and I think ultimately it's like a lot of misogyny in the, in the texture of this thing. It doesn't mean don't watch it or I'm not going to enjoy it again. I just I just walked away from it being – I think I went to sleep that night, woke up the next day like, oh, what? This is not what this is not what I thought it was when I when I originally watched it. It's kind of annoying me. Yeah. So it was, again, a fun watch, but hmm, interesting way <laughs> they landed this thing and why I, – I mean, of course, I remember eye-rolling at the time, but that's part of the point. Part sure. of the point is to enjoy this thing, and it's a good-bad kind of deal, but I don't remember having the issues I had with it, but I do now. So anyway, that's what I've been watching. It's these. That's part of why it's fun to – I don't know that I would have you know, gone straight to Cruel Intentions, but limiting your selection by what you've acquired on VHS, is a, it, it leads you down roads that you wouldn't normally go, even though, again, I don't think Cruel Intentions is a stretch for me. 
But no, it just I probably wouldn't no, have watched fits it right that, in yeah. there. I wouldn't have watched it at that time and it's kind of fun to to take a look at that again. So Well, interesting. And that's a movie I have not seen since I was a teenager myself and I didn't really like it then. So it's, It it does that thing that that I that I tend to kind of like with horror and we've talked about this. I tend to lean into the sort of the more quote unquote fun horror. Now there are exceptions to that, like the shining, but even sure. that I would say there's some really, we've talked about this. There's some funny moments with her swinging the bat and, but like the, the Hellraiser and that kind of thing. I, I don't get, I, that I lean sort of away from that. It's, yeah. I'll watch it. It's just, I don't rewatch and rewatch and rewatch. And similarly with the, with the teen stuff, I tend to go towards the really fun and light and, and not so much into the, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, intensely right. thriller-ish yeah. swim fan. Yeah, yeah, well. That kind of stuff. <laughs> no, but that film could be more fun than it is. Sure. It could be more fun than it is, and that's my argument. Yeah, no, that's So anyway, that's, that's what I've been watching. What have you been watching? Well, um, I saw two films uh, that have recently been released. Um, the first is one I, I thought you would have seen uh, called Halloween Kills, directed by David Gordon Okay, Green. you can't spoil it for me because I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to say I'm super psyched. I'm super psyched. I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, reactions to this one have been mixed, uh, to say the least. Um, well, I can't, some, I can't wait any longer. Do you like it or not? I like it more than the 2008 movie. Okay. I don't know that That's I, not saying a lot. No, I don't know that I fully love it. I, I, I don't think it's... You know, it's a messy movie. Okay, um, so hold up, because here's okay. the question I have for you: If I go see Hall- if I go see Halloween Kills, which I'm going to, uh-huh. and I love Halloween Kills, which is being predicted right now, I feel like. Yeah. Are you predicting I'm going to love it? No. Oh, really? Well, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Will you five minute fight? No. It? Do you? Ha- okay. Because I'm closer to positive than not. Gotcha. Um, I'm just it. It's. I like it more than 2008, and I think the reason I appreciate it is because it is the twelfth Halloween movie, and David Gordon Green and his collaborators are actually trying something different with this thing. They are trying to not only examine, uh, you know the. I, you know, like the 2008 movie does the the trauma of uh, Michael Myers and his um, oh, 1978 no. like night of uh, you know his, his baby, Halloween his massacre, baby, his the baby babysitter massacre. murders. Yeah, baby um, massacre. It's not just examining the personal trauma that that has on like Laurie Strode. It examines uh, how Michael Myers uh, kind of messed up the entirety of Haddonfield, Illinois. Okay. And so the the look, uh, the sort of lens that Green takes in this one is more expansive. Uh, it follows cool. kind of a big ensemble, um, including um, some characters who, at least by name, we may recognize from the 1978 film. And, and some actors like... Um, well, like Kyle Richards, uh, noted right. Real Housewife, which everybody's excited. Um, well, a certain group of people are excited about. But but she shows up again, you know, reprising her role as, as the little girl from uh, from Halloween. Um, it's that connectivity and horror that gets people really, really excited. Yeah, and you're going to see like Sheriff Brackett. He's back. The nurse who um, is with Loomis when they drive up to uh, the the hospital right. to find that Michael has escaped. She's back. Love um, it. Th- so, and, and so, you know, all of these characters are kind of dealing with the, this new situation in different ways. And so the film jumps between all of these different constituencies and characters um, as they, you know, freak out about, you know, Michael, 
being back as it also follows Michael Myers going on another rampage. Where this thing lands is really interesting. And look, say no more. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say any more. Other than to say, I appreciate that it's trying to do something different with the slasher formula, um, and I like where this thing lands a little more than I like where the 2008 film landed. Yeah. Um. And and that's all I'll say about it because I think even if you don't like it, I think you like me will appreciate that it's trying something new. I'm excited. Also, did you see where Jamie Lee Curtis dressed up for the oh, for yeah. the party as I her mother, Janet Lee and Psycho? That. Oh, God bless I her. love it so much. Jamie Lee, come on the podcast. I mean, I would die. Yeah, I Pass would Pass out, die. Um, so the other movie that I saw is uh, Ridley Scott's new film, The Last Duel. Um, yeah. Uh, Starring and co-written by Matt Damon and Ben Ben Affleck, their first screenplay together since Goodwill Hunting, um, co-written with Nicole Holif Center, which is a very interesting pairing. Not only because you know you wouldn't necessarily put those folks together, but Nicole Holif Center is best known for her you know rather talky dramedies about middle-aged women, and this is a historical epic set in. 1300s France. Um, but this is a really, really great movie. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. Yep. Hot take. Uh, I, I think this is my favorite Ridley Scott movie in a really long time. So um, The Last Duel is about this um, buffoonish, stuck-up kind of uh, uh, would-be knight played by Matt Damon. Uh, oh, a guy God who's a lot more it. impressed with himself than anybody else is impressed with him, which is a perfect Damon type. Um, and a friend-turned-rival uh, played by Adam Driver. Um, of course, the, Adam Driver is contractually obligated to be in every film from here until the end of. Time. I well, that would be good. Um, so Bleh. things go awry um, with their relationship, and eventually it reaches uh, such a a terrible point that um, Driver's character invades Damon's home when he's not there and rapes Damon's young wife, played by Jodie Comer. Um, so Damon challenges Driver to a duel to the death. So this is the setup for the film. But the film is structured like Rashomon, where you see these events take place from three different perspectives. From Damon's perspective, from Driver's perspective, and then at the end, the most truthful perspective, the film is not shy about telling you, the perspective of the wife, played by Jodie Comer, who steps into the forefront of the film in the last hour or so. And what this does, um, it's the film becomes a really kind of shattering and dark and darkly funny commentary on the the idiocy of these men and the ways that this patriarchal system that has rewarded them all their lives uh, protects the powerful and doesn't hold them to account. So it, it's kind of in a in a weird way a very modern story, right? right. Um, and I just think it's remarkably well done. Well, I'll, um, have, to, I'll have to check it out. You know, I, I don't out. know if you'll... Those two bozos, but... Well, and, and so so they're 
cast perfectly, though, because Damon is this sort of self-assured moron uh, who nobody likes, and Affleck is a drunken lout who spends a lot of his free time uh, when he is not oh, so protecting his buddy um, Adam Driver from um, facing any consequences for his actions. He spends his time just drinking and carousing. Um, there are a lot of really interesting things about The Last Duel. Um, we obviously don't have time to get into all of them. Um, the movie is that rare thing, though, which is a historical epic that actually has ideas of interest um, that's really well crafted. It's really well acted. Uh, so naturally, it made like four and a half million dollars at the box right. office and it has turned out to be a huge flop, which I think is a shame. I, I do understand that not everybody wants to go out in a pandemic to see a movie about sexual assault. Um, so, you know, your mileage may vary there, but um, I, I do think it is a really, really interesting and well done film. Um, can we just say to a movie written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon about sexual assault and Nicole so Holof Center? I hear that, but, um, you know. You know, to I mean, their they, credit, they had, they had to bring somebody on to board. their credit. They knew when they started embarking on this project that they could not do it without a a female voice in the script. Oh, that's to and, their and credit. And so she, you know, she is a, a full you know co author of this thing, and okay. and she's a great filmmaker herself. Not um, look, this is not a slight to her. This is not a slight. But to I, her. I do think that her fingerprints are felt all over okay. this thing in ways well, I, that I, I didn't seen expect. It, so I, I won't say anything else. But I just. I feel like if I were Matt Damon or Ben Affleck, I'd be like, Whoa, let me, you know what I mean they do? Let me stay way far away from content about sexual assault. Just as me. I mean, maybe, me. maybe their consciences <laughs> are clean. I don't know. Or maybe, hey, you know what? I'm wrong. Maybe they're exactly the people to write this. Who knows more about sexual assault than Ben Affleck okay. and Matt Damon? All right. I, oh, I know who. Casey Affleck. Uh, anyway, that's what we're watching. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to Side Talks, where your own personal cinematic Senator Bones and Dr. Teeth. I know those people. They're those are two of little mine. skeletons that hang out at the Sidewalk Cinema. You should come by the Sidewalk Cinema and meet Senator Bones and Dr. Teeth. They nasty. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks to Revelator Coffee. They are our sponsor. Thanks to Boutwell Studios. For, we appreciate them yeah, so much for being our, absolutely our do. biggest sponsor of all. And thank you for listening. You can find us sidewalkfest.com and at sidewalk film on social media that's where all the listings and fun events at the sidewalk cinema that's where you'll find all that that information stop by and see us bye bye batwell studios podcast division your words our expertise